Hello, Odafest listeners, and welcome back to the podcast. It's Jay. I've got an Angelo and a Nancy with me. Hello, hello. I am one of many Nancys. One of many? My God, she is a multitude. I've met at least three other Angelos over the course of my life. Wow. I don't know if I've met more than me. I've known several Js, but they don't spell it the way you do. Mm, 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 mm. Then they must be bad at spelling. It's true. I think you're the only Angelo I know, but I I know there's at least two other Nancys that no, I grew up with. There's one other Angelo I know, and it's the dog from Final Fantasy. <gasps> it wasn't until grade 11. Dear sweet Angelo. Uh, it wasn't until grade 11 that I met the second Angelo I'd ever known. And uh, we both had very similar last names. Oh. And so there was... One point where we had a substitute teacher, and she's taking roll call, and she just goes, is there a, Angelo? Is Angelo here? And we both just, in unison, ask which one? <laughs> and nice. then she says, uh, Angelo V. And both of us say, which one? Which one? one? And she's like, what the f- <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Nice. All right. Before we get this get too far, we've got some... Odafest news. Angelo, would you like to start us off? Coming to Odafest 2023, Christicles GG, a talented artist, designer, and cosplayer. She's known for her surreal, futuristic style that blends traditional and digital media. As a passionate advocate for indigenous representation in pop culture and mainstream media, she uses her voice to raise awareness about racism, tokenism, and prejudices. Pre-registration is now open for our skit and craftsmanship contests. Visit odafest.com slash cosplay to pre-register. And Idol Festival registration is open now. odafest.com slash idol dash festival for more details. And to mitigate the crowding and queuing issues from last year, we've made a few changes, including extending exhibitor hall hours, adding ticket caps, and no in-person sales on Odafest Saturday, and other measures. So please read the entire update at odafest.com slash ticket dash update. The news. Wonderful. So much news. This concludes the announcement portion. <laughs> please proceed to the conversation portion. Oh my god, is Nancy a robot? Has Nancy been replaced by ChatGPT? Oh shit. I, I knew we said we were going to do that, but I didn't think it was going to happen so soon. Nancy GPT. You are not. I didn't think it was going to be so obvious. Same. I thought the AI was better than I that. Thought it was god supposed damn. to be more uh, like, yeah, I thought we were supposed to be like, oh, you know there's what? no difference. Get this shitty AI out of here. Let's get the real Nancy back on. Come on. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we need. Hello. Hello. Rebooting I'm back. Nancy. <laughs> you 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 go over there now. I yes. suppose I suppose discarding the AI for the old old technology of uh, of uh, meat speakers is kind of a good thing. I appreciate it. But the other week we had that horrible dump of snow, and uh, I was driving to work, coming up on a stop sign, and as one does, I pressed the the brake pedal. Mm-hmm. Now, my car is a little bit older. It's a 2007, and it doesn't have ABS. So when it's snowy and slippery like that, I feel the brakes lock up, and I do as one needs to do. You pump the brake pedal. You, you, are, you are the manual. Yep, as they taught us in driving school. The manual ABS. Yep, they taught us that in driving school. And uh, that just got me thinking. Considering every vehicle that I want to buy to replace my car is even older than the car that I have now. 
it got me thinking, what other technology would I want or could I change in my life and use objectively older and worse versions of? Ha <sighs> okay. You just you just had me going down a little bit of a mental thread there um, with like manual transmission. Manual is something I super enjoy driving when my knees aren't killing me, but I like it. And it is an objectively older technology compared to automatic transmissions. You can get a newer manual, you know, for the short time that we're still going to be making them until all vehicles transition to something else. But I still like it. You're not alone in that. Just about every kind of car enthusiast out there is all about the manual transmissions. Uh, even Dio's, Dio's uh, 2013 car has a manual in it. But that's actually becoming exceedingly rare. Like in North America, yes. automatic has been like the standard for 30 or 40 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I prefer, I like the idea of driving a manual vehicle. I wouldn't mind paddle shifters, which some vehicles have. I know that some very like diehard standard uh, transmission lovers do not care for paddle shifting, even though the I- like the idea still exists. The concept is still the same, but the feel is just slightly different. Well, slightly is probably an understatement, but I don't know. I think there's room for compromise. There is not room for compromise because electric vehicles have no transmissions. Yeah. They kind of feel like you're winding up a giant rubber band very, very quickly. It's weird. Is it? I actually haven't been able to drive I've, one yet. Well, I mean, I don't know anything about an electric vehicles. I'm just saying there are regular combustion engine vehicles that are being produced now that have paddle shifters. I those, think, those are for the rich people. I think Subaru has some. Paddle shifters are for rich yeah, those people. Those are for rich people. <laughs> okay. Well, um, to, to your question originally... I would never want an older phone than my last phone. And my last phone I got in like 2017. I don't want to I don't want a phone older than that. That's where I'm with you. I am right on with you that, that with that. I would not replace my cell phone with a worse cell phone. And I know this from experience. I've kept old phones that I've really loved. I've tried going back to them. I hate them. Wait. Wait, if I could revive my original Nokia phone, maybe I would use it on occasion. Just a flip phone or? It was the bar phone, Ah. like the original iconic bar phone. Sure. The one that. uh, Is that the 6310 or whatever it is? I I think so. I'm pretty sure you need a PAL for those. I'm pretty sure they're registered as well. Oh my. They're (laughs) more or less indestructible. The thing that broke on it for me after I think five years of having it. Uh, was the the vibration motor was actually uh, making very unsettling noises. So I, I just didn't I didn't want a chance at like blowing up or something. I'm pretty sure it wouldn't actually blow up. No, but it might have melted down the battery. I don't know. I don't know if like a cell phone. First of all, I don't play mobile games. I don't use things that are particularly like. I think processor heavy. Intense. Like I just do a lot of reading on my phone and then there's music. That's pretty much it. Oh. I mean, and then there's texting and calling, but those are also pretty low intensity. I feel like I could go back to an older phone. Like aside from things like software and app updates or security updates, like foregoing that level of complexity in this in this hypothetical, I think I could go back to an older phone. 
Uh, I don't know how. That's the issue with phones. It's it's the software compatibility, right? Yeah, but, but I, like again, if we if we were to be so complex, I don't think that this hypothetical works so, at all. Well, okay, so Fair. so Fair. my I should be more clear. I wouldn't want a smartphone older than the one from 2017, but. If you were to give me a dumb phone from older than that, it might be okay. There was one dumb phone that I actually wanted. It was called John's phone, if I remember right. John's phone? John's phone. (laughs) It was just a little white brick with numbers on the front. It had a one-line LCD display at the top to show you just the number that's calling. Ah. It didn't even have... It didn't even have uh, uh, contacts. It had a built-in pad of paper on the back. What? Weird. What? That is, if I had to go to a dumb phone, that would be the dumb phone for me. I remember in, like, I remember wanting the dumb phone that was heavily featured in, like, the first Matrix movie. The Motorola Razor. Or whatever it was called. I don't think that was the Razor. That was the one that so, had, like, the slide open. Oh, Speaking... I don't oh like the Eric like sort of the Ericsons. I don't know um, what it was. I don't but I don't know of Motorola. Um so Lenovo now owns Motorola and I yeah. think last year they released a new Razer. Uh I don't know. I feel like it probably didn't do that well. <laughs> or else we would have heard about it more. Hmm. But the Razer does live on. The form factor, I think it has a foldable screen as well which they are a razor and nothing but name. don't know if that's really appealing i motorola has multiple times tried to revive the razor branding and it's failed every single time i think the first razor was just it looked so cool because they sported this laser cut metal keypad and and it just it looked really cool but it didn't use very well and it didn't age well like the the flip hinge on it would would break after a couple of months and like that was that was the but it, it had such an iconic look to it and this was back in the time when when like having a funky looking device was more important than the actual functionality talking of about it. the hinge you unlocked a uh-huh. core memory from back in high school Oh, dear. Where there was this one kid oh who, who just joined our friend group. And this is the first time I met him. There was a spider on the floor that we were sitting on. He sees it, screams. Oh, no. Takes out his phone and flips it up and starts hitting the spider with it against the hinge. Like he broke his phone. Why? Must be nice to, to be rich. Sw- that's what I said. <laughs> That is not the first thing I would ever think of to use against a spider. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I also like to capture spiders live. Yeah, I tend, I, to, to. I tend to do that thing I where I get like a big magazine and I try to get them on the magazine and then I shoo them out the door. Like I don't try to crush the poor thing with a phone. With a phone fo- uh, in the opposite way of the hinge. I will say one thing that uh, I wouldn't go back to a dumb phone for Oh, is a keypad, ah, uh, especially with texting. Um, T9. I don't want to go back to the T nine texting. Damn, I mean, I used to I be know so that there's a part of my brain. I hold on. I know that there was a there's a part of my brain that's like a core memory type of thing where you know one kilobyte or one or 
five bytes or whatever it might be of my brain is reserved for T9 usage. <laughs> it has, it, it still has that memory. And I, I know that I was pretty good at it as we all were because mm. we got used to it. As we all quickly. were. But pressing four times just to get to S. Yeah, I that always that. annoyed me. Words with S's in them. Yeah. That was, that's the I'm nice thing about John's that. phone. It avoids that problem despite having a T9 keyboard by simply not supporting texting. <laughs> I see. But uh, <laughs> cell phones aside, <laughs> I saw a TikTok the other day. Oh dear! Of of wow. someone saying, "What if trying to be hip? Hey, what if there was like a phone just in your house, and anyone could use it? Like not just not just for one person, but for the whole house to use? Wouldn't that be so convenient?" This was someone. But then if someone was using it, then I wouldn't be able to be online yeah, at the same time. Yeah, I wouldn't time. be able to use my dial-up modem. This was modem. someone who had literally <laughs> never grown up with landline phones. Oh my gosh. Mine must have been blown when the internet like piled on yeah. them. Yeah, really. Uh, there's a reason we don't use that anymore. I would never, I would never get a landline phone. I would also never go back to VHS. Yeah, rewinding is for suckers. As a child, I was not gentle with my VHS tapes. Well, not even that, but like the more you play a VHS tape, the more it breaks down. Degrades. Well, that's all physical media. Magnetic storage in general. Magnetic is for storage. Suckers. Yeah. yeah. But like optic, but I, maybe. Society has evolved beyond the need for hard drives. I would not use a landline phone in my own house unless it became like a staple service that every uh, like home had that was almost like a almost like a smart uh, uh, smart home type of thing where maybe like it's wired throughout your house. So as you walk through your house into different rooms, there's still like interwired like microphones and speakers, but then that does just kind of gets creepy too. So I'd yeah, a little not. bit. Ooh, Mm-mm. it's like it's it's like two sides of the same thing. Where like I wouldn't mind having a landline, but I also don't want to pay for it. I don't think it's like that expensive to pay for it, but I don't need the landline part. The only thing that landlines are good for is that uh, proper old landlines. They would still work when the power went out. Yeah, I used to love that. Mm-hmm. I also really, really liked the fact that on a physical landline, if you were both talking, you could still hear each other. Because they used separate lines for uh, transmission and receiving. Yeah, oh, I know. It was great. Another really neat that gadget that, no, that great. I once saw was a tabletop lamp that plugged into your phone line specifically so that it could use the seven volts or whatever it gets from there. To be a emergency lamp during blackouts. Oh wow, that's thinking. I mean, that's pretty innovative. That's thinking. I like that. Again, we are losing audience right now. <laughs> they like, do not people understand. are falling asleep listening to They're us. Like, no, no, no. It's not falling asleep. They're like, what are they even a talking phone jet? about? This is <laughs> in the wall. Like, here's the thing. I, I saw I saw something about this uh, just randomly on the internet. Just like a comment probably on Reddit or something like that where someone was had to explain to their child, they're probably like 10-year-old child, that they are like, and we fall in this category, that we are all older than Google, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> oh, like God. That idea where something is like extremely ubiquitous, right? Honey, there used and to be a day, there used to be a time 
when Google wasn't available. Back in my day, research meant walking down to the neighborhood library. Mm. I also apologize. We're we're losing people left and right. It's not just young people. We're also like dusting old older people. <laughs> like anyone who's older and listening, they're just like, my God. And then they just turn into dust. <laughs> Honestly, even on that even on that note, a study came out the other day. A study came out the other day that uh uh Gen Z, the children as the children call them, they are worse at computers than Gen X or millennials. Specifically. I can understand There were two things in particular. Why? One was the ubiquity of search engines like Google, but also the fact that the appliances that they use to interact with the internet abstract so far away from what computers do that when you give them a computer, they are just mm-hmm. lost. They don't know what file systems are. Oh. Unless they have like They a, don't know what, oh, what it yeah. means to have a oh. different program. They don't necessarily... I can, I can understand that even just from a common sense stand, standpoint because they didn't have to grow up with the development. Like where we Facebook did, might change where, three times uh, in one year. Like I would say that... So out of, out of all three of us... Out of all three of us, I can easily say I'm the less, I'm the least tech savvy out of the three of us here. And I would right say now. you're still very tech savvy, which is weird in the sense that I don't have a, a appointed or educational interest or academic interest in technology, but I grew up with it. I grew up around it, and I could see how it developed. I know sort of its user-based roots so that I know, again, things like file systems. I know some basic coding. I know some like level, like, like very, very base level programming. Um, and I think that sort of helps me understand the tools that I'm using. It's sort of the same way that um, I think on a, on a general service level, most people don't understand how their cars it work. It is exactly uh, like they that. They know that they have to go get it, cer- like maintenance. They know how to, they need to go get their, uh, you know, oil change or mm-hmm. some kind of tune-up. But they don't really know what a tune-up means. You know and, what I mean? They just know that they have to do the maintenance. And they don't want to is kind well, of... Well, no one really wants to. Yeah, but like, no, like just... They don't want to learn about how things work underneath the hood. Cars are an exceptionally good analogy for this because they've gone through a similar uh, curve as far as the utility of the technology goes, right? So when you take boomers, they were there when computers were being invented. Uh, Mm -hmm. Gen X and millennials were there by the time the technology had matured for home use everyday but it still had a long way to go to become where it is now so Mm -hmm. they were the ones who didn't have the internet had to figure things out on their own just by clicking and figuring things out but they got to Mm -hmm. learn the very low level of things all the way up to the very high level of things and that's kind of where we are today with gen z having only been exposed Yes, of course, they would have had computers at the home, but a lot of them would have had, had like smartphones, iPod touches, uh, tablets that basically turn computers into appliances. You don't really get to see what's happening underneath. You just get to use it. Mm. I kind of wonder 
what that generation has that's like that. So, for example, you know, if you want to talk about uh, boomers and like, I don't know. Well, literally cars well, were boomers. boomers. Maybe the generation because before for them, them, then it might be like. Cars were it might be very vehicles, analog. Yeah. You had to understand how yeah. the carburetor worked. You had to understand how the airflow sucked in atomized fuel and all of that nature. Because if it was broken, that's how you had to fix it. You had to understand this because there was no internet to look it up. Uh, and so there were the boomers who their car culture mm-hmm. was that you could fix every single part of it. And if you couldn't, you could probably get the parts at the store or take them down to a machine shop and get a new one made for you. Uh, cars today it cannot be done. Meanwhile, now I think most cars are so... Yeah, I think parts are so integrated now that that would be really difficult to try and accomplish today with a more modern, like a newer car. Especially if you, Basically, especially if you go back again. To if like you are electrics. modding a car mm, these mm-hmm. days, your first job is to rip out the computer and put in one that you can actually change. Mm-hmm. Well, we were saying like, you know, you were asking what cell phone you would go back to. Like, I'd, I've always wanted to have a project car, but that project car would be like a 90 six subaru kind of mm. thing so like but i would never want to work i would never want to work on a new car the 90s was the decade where the cars car. were becoming what new cars are today mm, well yeah. you could say that the 90s uh, the the late 80s the 90s and the early 2000s are absolutely the time where the world be- started becoming digital from analog and we're the generation that understands that the most and watched it and experienced it mm-hmm. um there's obviously the generation uh, uh, ahead of us now, ahead, behind. I don't know what the technical term would be, but the younger ones where they just live and exist in a digital age, which is interesting because, again, so a, lot of, a lot of that is like all hidden behind a smooth interface. Um, I don't really... Analog, to me, represents practical knowledge is, is is what it really comes down to i guess and i f- and i just wonder where that generation will get practical knowledge in terms of without a, without like explicitly studying it or uh, uh having a distinct interest in it i feel like one of the weird core memories that you and angelo have just poked at prodded at is my experience with like the Windows control panel. Back in Windows 95, the control panel was very easy to figure out. You went to the control panel, everything that you could ever need was there. You just had to go through it and figure out which one you needed. And through- Even by the time Windows XP rolled around, it was a pain. Yeah, so what my point is, is that like with subsequent versions of Windows, they've abstracted further and further away from making the control panel easy to use. Like now things are kind of hidden through multiple- multiple layers of like a settings app and then this and then yeah, maybe maybe exactly. if you know exactly which dialogue to trigger you'll get back to the original yep. networking settings dialogue that you need and like i'm all for a better refined ui for something but when really what they're doing is just abstracting you away from the tools mm-hmm. that doesn't sit right not totally right with me the worst part about the control panel specifically is that for three major versions of Windows now, Windows 8, Windows 10, and Windows 11, 
we've still had the control panel, but we have a second settings menu. And they yep. do, some of the settings that they do in them are the same settings, but most of them, some of them. are completely different. So you have to just know that the one setting that you want to change Mm -hmm. is in the settings menu, whereas this other setting is through the control control panel. Or even worse, they've removed it from the control panel, but it's not in the settings menu. But instead, it's this little tiny dialogue words right off to the side in the settings menu. It's like, would you like to see more network settings? Would you like to see adapter settings? Yeah, that's what... Oh, God. Ah, I will just, say, ah, like, anyway, it is annoying. I've had some, I've had some like issues just trying to dig up older um, settings, older control panel type uh, applications now in Windows. But you know, at the end of the day, we're just being old. About yeah, it. <laughs> I know, and it's like the the current you know generation <laughs> that's going through formative years. They're going to experience something else. Just taking off and maturing i don't know what that is like is it going to be ai is it going to be machine learning like i don't know what that what that <laughs> thing for them is going to be but for us <laughs> it was a lot to of things up my neurons manually well, to my to the great hive mind yeah but okay <laughs> think about how many things our generation has had to watch mature right cars cell phones like uh personal cameras devices in general result, everything cameras. That, yeah, that goes into a cell phone and like it's just there's so many things that we watched mature and like become all of these different technologies that we have now from an anal- mostly analog state or a very dumb digital state but like what will that thing be for the current generation that takes off and becomes like the next big thing i don't, I don't think know. it's going to be this but i would be so proud if it was homemade beyblades Oh. Made out of like saw blades and stuff. No way. It's not going to be that. That's that that, that already existed. No. It's called Wild Wild West. <laughs> uh, oh, Will Smith God. oh my God, that's right. Oh my God, I you forgot all about man that. Hacks. Yeah, the, they had the half the half life yeah, yeah, two yeah, man yeah. hacks going through a cornfield. Yeah, yeah, they had like the 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 guys with like the magnetic collars, and then they had the buzz saws that would and fly then the out giant there. robot uh, spider mech. Wild Wild yeah. West was such a damn good rip, movie. And it's been... Didn't they come out with a second one? It. It, a lot it critically of people, I don't know if there's a second one. Critically, but a lot financially of people bombed. Hate, hated people like, hated it. Really? But it was it's basically it's, it's steampunk a, men in black. Fun... Yeah, yeah it's a, and I love that. It's a that. stupid fun movie. Like, and people freaking Will Smith had a banger of, song for it. <laughs> yeah, people need to get off of the everything needs to win an Oscar train everything has to be critically acclaimed you just have to as someone who loves c level movies and b list <laughs> actors i love support actors and like the ones that just don't get like the main roles like my my some of my favorite western actors in general are like uh uh oh no i can't remember his name right now he does the oh, how Steve you doing Buscemi. fellow kids meme <laughs> Steve Buscemi, I love him, and he's like he has so many side roles. Oh, he's one and of it, the best, and he is a good actor. But you don't see him like he he does get lead roles, but they're in secondary projects. But those secondary projects are yeah, still a movie really doesn't good have movies. to be award winning um, to be great. 
No. To be not good. At all. Just no. Everyone's got so. their own taste in movies, man. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of though, like next generation of things, Kerbal Space Program, huh? Kerbal Space Program. I love Kerbal Space. Time Program. to go to the moon. To the moon. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I saw someone streaming uh, KSP2, and it looked really uh-huh. fun. It looked mm-hmm. pretty neat. Was Kerbal Space Program 1 3D, or was it 2D? 3D. It was 3D. It was 3D? Yeah. I don't yeah. know what I was thinking about then that that was like a 2D version of it. Because oh. I feel like I've seen that once before, I and I keep remembering that and wanting to play that. I'm sure there is something similar. Um, I will say... Like Kerbal Space Program One is a fantastically fun game. It's actually a probably right now. It's probably a better, more developed game than Kerbal Space Program Two. Uh, KSP Two is a bit of a well, buggy it's mess. It's in early access. It's pretty the right now. It's an early access. It's pretty much as bare bones as you can get. There's no campaign mode yet. There's uh, it's all sandbox. It's pretty janky. Uh, in all the ways that Kerbal Space Program 1 was back in the day. But that's what made but it so, endearing and wonderful. It it's I, What I've heard is that the, the uh, dev team kind of worked on a lot of the end product and have developed and finished a lot of that. So like um, things like modification, things like bases, things like, uh, again, the campaign mode stuff. But... And they, but they needed to like push out this beta first to get like, uh, uh, you know, some investment, shall we say, some capital to continue developing, uh, the second iteration of this game. Um, so much so that again, I would say that the first game, especially when you consider all like the work, Steam Workshop mods and, um, overall attention through to development from either the community or the official devs that it's probably the game that's worth playing more right now but i'm still having a lot of fun because i just got i picked up two just because i was like i love one i love the iterative madness style of game yeah the iterative it's not the same things like uh like there's lots of games are iterative technically like a roguelike is technically Iterative, yeah, that's true. Yeah, iterative. That's true. Actually, this is this is iterative in its own way because this is iterative engineering fails, at its best. Yeah, but it feeds the dopamine cycle in my brain so good because I've stayed up until like six in the morning playing this game. The feedback <laughs> loop of that is probably so, so similar to like bridge building games, oh. except in a completely yes different no. manner. You know, like you you build yeah. the thing, you press the button, and you want to see it work. Except yes. in one, it's does the bridge stay up? And two, uh, are you good enough at the orbital mechanics to reach the moon? I'm pretty good at the orbital mechanics. I just get greedy about building my ship because I want to build like a space station, an orbiting space station first so that I can get like new projects going up there. But that means that I have to build like the spine of my, I have to launch a spine into space first uh, to build my orbital space station which means that i shouldn't build like a 50 foot tower <laughs> that's like let's com- not balanced well enough but i'm like just get this up to space so i can get more parts onto this <laughs> oh. and it's not good like i know i like i'm not 
I'm not dumb. I'm being, ch- I'm choosing to be dumb <laughs> because I just want to get like the big chunk of, of, you know, space station up so I can start sending more smaller spaceships that can dock onto it and start really Sometimes building it up. Sometimes it's not about trying to be but It's smart. really fun. I'm having a Sometimes really good time. Sometimes it's about seeing what kind of bullshit you can get away with. I was watching Jay's rudimentary space elevator version three. Oh God! Hundred and forty-six elevator. It would just like whip through space. (laughs) It would just be. It'd be attached to Earth, obviously, and just like. It would just be like. Oh, it would be bad. It would be bad for everybody. Oh, Um, I love it. But yeah, I have stayed up. I have stayed up to six a.m. three times playing. So far. three times, one it's for each the few hundred elevators. Yeah. Oh my god. Is it something that you would have pre-ordered for a collector's edition of? I mean, Jay already pre-ordered it. It's in early access. Which means someone did fall for the collector's edition and pre-order thing that I know Angelo has very strong feelings about. So. Honestly, yeah. early access is very different from pre-orders. I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. Early access is... It's true. You're not buying the game that's going to come out in two or three years. You're bu- buying the janky mess that is available now, and you get to, like, explore along with the growth of the game. Pre-orders, mm-hmm. on the other hand, is putting down full price money for something that you don't know if it even works. You don't know if it's going to be good. It could be complete trash. Wait, wait, wait. Collector's editions and like pre-ordered collector's edition games. So I'm just talking pre-orders right now. Like you said. Collector's editions are a little bit different. Yeah, like you said, very different. Uh, Collector's editions are almost always also pre-ordered as part of the pre-ordering cycle. And Okay, so I don't typically buy collector's editions. Uh, I have bought very few. I could probably count on one hand how many I've bought. That being said, do you think that... So knowing the things that you can get in collector's editions, and let's talk about good collector's editions. Let's leave bad collector's edition stuff behind. Um, Bad collector's editions, meaning, uh, for example, Diablo 4 is coming out with a, a collector's edition. That does not include the game. I wanted to talk about that. <laughs> wow, Jay, Jay just busting through the gate guns a-blazing on that one. And you know what? Okay, we'll talk about it, but I just want to point out I just want to point out something. When I'm talking about a good collector's edition, I think everyone sort of inherently knows what I mean. So we're talking about things that have cool art books, nice uh, soundtracks, uh, maybe box. some figurines, yeah, figurines, box, yeah, that kind of like stuff that you actually want to put that hundred or two hundred extra dollars. Display of some kind, right? yeah. So talking about those, and then getting a bad game out of it, do you now devalue yes. the entire collector's edition? Where you're like, the art it was really cool, the music was still really good. But either the game ran like ass or just did not meet expectations uh, some in, in some other way. And you're like, now I have a collector's edition that I just don't care about. If you walked into or somebody's room. is it room, still good on its own? If you walked into somebody's house and they had mm-hmm. a giant poster for Fallout 76 on the wall, would you judge them for it? I would. 
I well, I wouldn't because I'm I'm the kind of person where I would like, be like of money, all the like, games you could have gotten a giant poster for. That one? Really? I don't even was know. Was it if a nice looking poster? I remember Fallout 76 yeah, was the like, like I, I don't know, debacle, there's so many things it? that I would have to take into consideration. What if Actually, no. I'm going to I'm going to move this question like I'm going to move this over to a different perspective. If you had a game that came with a, a a display piece like a poster or like a big you know uh figure or something but you hated the game it turns out you actually yep. hated the game would you keep those items on display if it looked cool i probably for would. me i probably wouldn't so i actually have a few different things to say about this oh good let's go so when it comes to collector's editions that are just like a metal tin for the disc uh-huh at least it looks cool whatever when it comes to collector's editions that don't include the game, I used to what? think that was the dumbest thing ever. Mm-hmm. I've changed my mind on it, and now I think it's great. <laughs> what? So you can pre-order the collector's edition that has all the cool stuff, right? And that way, because it's physical stuff, it's actually worth pre-ordering. And then you can save your $80 and buy the game after you know it's good. Oh, that that ain't bad. I actually do like that. Yes. So I that that framing completely changed my perspective on collector's editions that don't include the game. Buy the game after you know it's good and it's gone on sale. Like let's say a new Doom game came out. And the last two Doom games have been very good. Let's say you love Doom. And they come out with a life-size Doom Guy uh, collector's edition that you get the Doom Guy armor and you can put that in your closet. I don't know. But it doesn't come with the game. And there's only going to be five of them. And you have money to burn. Whatever. You can pre-order, you can pre-order the Doom Guy suit. <laughs> you can be super happy about it. And let's say the game comes out and it is worse than Duke Nukem Forever. Mm. Then what do you do? You still have... The first two games that are great, you can still be a fan of the franchise and clown on the new game and have the awesome thing. That's true. I like yes. where that's going. So part of the I part of the reason that I'm, I wanted to talk about this, one of the reasons I want to talk about this is because uh, Tears of the Kingdom is coming out in May, which is the new Breath that of the Wild. That is the new Zelda? Yes. Yeah. And anyone who knows me knows I love... Zelda games, I love Breath of the Wild. Zelda, Zelda is a franchise that has its hooks in you. What are they oh, bribing absolutely. you with? What are, what are the collector's so editions? So it has a sick, it has a pretty decent collector's edition. Like oh. it's not, it's nothing like that's, I wouldn't say it's like a mind-blowing one, but it is like a very standard good type of collector's edition. Okay. Okay, so. It's probably got like the uh, metal case. Maybe it includes yeah, it like does. a nice, nice map or something. Some nice. Artwork. I don't recall if it has a map, but it definitely has the art book. I think it has a soundtrack. I'm gonna double check real quick. So things here. like art books and soundtracks, I love those as like a collector's edition mm-hmm. thing. Hmm. Uh, no, I really want to find it really quickly before I go on, but like, I am slightly worried because I don't think they've showed too much gameplay. 
I am worried because this game is coming out on the Switch. And the Breath of the Wild original game... It was a launch title, wasn't it? Looks pretty good and played... and Yeah, it was launch title. It actually played decent. There were some moments where it slowed down, but like... You could, you know, the the that's yeah. just the Switch's problem in general, <laughs> okay? Um, but because this game is, like, the newer game, I'm, like, worried that if it's running on anything newer uh, engine-wise, like, if it's going to tax the game and just makes it a worse game overall. Now, that being said, I liked Pokemon uh, Violet, and I had a lot of fun with it. Like, a lot of fun with it. Was it kind of shitty at times graphically and you know processed poorly sometimes absolutely but i still had fun i'm just sort of like i don't know i'm i'm, I'm timid about getting to committing the to this collector's edition it looks fucking sick have they announced the release for the game? date for it yet yeah is it is it this year or is it next year no it's it's this year it's oh, May. okay but it's been oh, it's in production May. since yeah, it's been in production, uh, I presume, pretty much, you know, probably the year after they, or the same year after they started uh, finishing up DLC for Breath of the Wild. So it's uh, it's been in production for actually a good amount of time. Uh, so it hasn't been as rushed as, like, the Pokemon projects. I don't know if I'm just copying, uh, do, giving myself a huge dose of copium. But it looks fucking sick, guys. Honestly, I wouldn't blame you. I wouldn't blame you at all for it. Uh, Nintendo's that rare case, especially right now. The Switch has been around for like five years. If they were saying that it was going to come out near the end of the year or by next year, I'd be like, oh, is this going to be another Twilight Princess situation where they have the one version for the Mm. one console, but it's also a launch version for the new console? But I mean, if it's coming out in May, that's mm-hmm. not that's not going to happen. Yeah, not a fan of games uh, that do that. If anything, they'll have a port for it yeah. for whatever comes after the Switch. Maybe that is that is a huge stretch. I don't even exactly. worry about that too much. You I don't have worry the about Switch that right too now. much. I yeah, I just I, I know I want to play the game already. I just don't know if I want to commit another. Hundred bucks, uh, I think it is uh, for the collectors. It's not. It's not necessarily even the money. It's just like I really don't want to commit the money and have it come out to be a not good product because, again, that will sort of sour my. I mean, if you liked Pokemon Violet, you know, uh, according consumer. to the internet, you have horrible taste and you'll like anything anyway. So you're probably safe. It's true. <laughs> Absolutely. My brain you, smooth enough. You'll just want to be you know, green cookie boy. Going You know going back to the first question though, what is the oldest console that you'd ever want to go back to? Oh, damn. Uh NES. Oh, easy. Super yeah. Nintendo. Uh, oh, I'm not even okay. joking. Duck Hunt on the NES lives rent free in my I loved those any of the light gun games on the NES were so fun. Yeah. Yeah, I've never played a light gun game, but oh, Super Mario World is is literally a core memory for me. It's it burned into be, my memory. It may be the first game I've ever beaten, or at least the most uh, a game that I have spent the most time on as a child before Pokemon, because Pokemon was a whole other 
um, dopamine engine. What about handheld then? Game Boy Advance SP. Wow. Not even a second SP question. or Advance. No. Uh, as, advance probably more because it's... No. Advance probably more because if you get the custom, then you can get the backlight on it and it's better to hold in my man hands. An SP is quite... So the holding the Game Boy Advance was way better, infinitely better than the Game Boy Advance SP. But correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't the SP have the feature where if you flip down the the screen, didn't it effectively have the the save state? Didn't it basically pause the game? Am I misremembering? I do not know this. I don't think so. My childhood memories are very, very well encapsulated by the original spinach-colored screen Game Boy. The original Game Boy. And yeah, I, it, ha- I mean... It jumps from that to I the freaking DS Lite. Like, I'm missing a lot in the middle there. The DS Lite is also an amazing console because... I liked it While it could not play Game Boy Color games and older, it could play Game Boy Advance games yeah. and DS games. And that was amazing. My biggest beef with the 3DS was probably the fact that I had one with a wobbly hinge. And I think most of that first generation had a wobbly hinge, which was... I actually didn't like the DS generation at all. Oh, you missed out. I like the DS Lite. I really did. It was one of the strongest strongest handheld console generations, if not the absolute strongest. I had the the original freaking Donkey Choker gigantic DS. It was heavy as hell. Uh, the screen was back heavy, so it felt like it like hurt your wrists almost to hold it for extended period of t- periods of time. Makes sense. And when the DS launched, there were no good games. Legitimately, none. It took like a year and a half for there to be anything worth playing on the DS at all. Uh, and by that point in time, I'd completely fallen in hate with that console. Aww. I'd left it on my. I'd left it on my. Uh, desk at home i started using my game boy advance sp again instead of it and i eventually sold that and the few games i had in college for like a 100 bucks yeah i think i'm really glad i skipped out on the original generation of the ds the ds Lite was great i hated the first generation of the 3ds i think all the ones that came after it were much better but i think if i had to go back to like uh, like the oldest I could. I think I could go back to the original Game Boy. I would go with the Game Boy. It Pocket had the Little first. Mermaid game on it. Game Boy Pocket was everything that was good about the original Game Boy, mm-hmm. but in half the thickness. Unfortunately, a gray screen case, instead of a green f- screen. I would go to the color. Oh. I would go for the color in that case. For me, SP oh. all the way because the clamshell flipping protects your screen. It had the rechargeable battery. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Did you guys have a drawer full of double A's or triple A's True. for your Game Boys that yeah. you had to constantly restock yeah. no. every month? Because we had, because my parents were like, this kid just keeps on eating batteries. We're buying the fucking rechargeables. Yeah, we had rechargeables, but I had like a set Rechargeables only last like two hours. They were garbage. But they were still cheaper than having to buy new batteries. My dad had access to the really good stuff because he worked in a in a tech shop. So I usually had the really good lithium ion ones. Like, I loved, I loved my Game Boy Pocket, my Game Boy Color, my Game Boy Advance. But the Game Boy SP for me was the absolute pinnacle of handheld gaming ever. Ah, <sighs> nah, it's the DS Lite. DS Lite for me because I had an R4 in that thing. It was amazing. Oh, damn, okay. Also R4. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. I, I, I had that's like fair. 25 games with me at any given time. Yeah. We could Tetris battle yeah. if we got, you know, if we had multiple people playing. 
Uh, oh, it was so good. I loved it. <sighs> I think the DS is the best-selling handheld of all time as well. Of all time. I need to correct myself. I had Mario Kart on the DS. That was the one good game. Yeah. Yeah. There were, some, there, there were multiple I'm games, still a bad yeah. Mario Karter, but it was still that, good. That was the one good game in the, in the launch year. And we'll launch a new episode next week. See you next time. Time to stop being old. 